Good afternoon. It's time again for another episode of Never Punt, Comma, Never Parlay. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and I have alongside with me, as always, my co-host and my friend, Douglas Farmer. Douglas, we're here. We've arrived. It's bowl season. The regular season is done. We know the pairings. The playoff has been set, and uh, we're, we're, we're standing. We survived the, uh, survived the regular season, man. Uh, you know, that's some people might take that sentence lightly, but I don't know about you. I was I was down for the count this last week and I felt I had earned it. I mean, to exit the year up money uh, on a week to week basis, we'll take it. We'll always take that. And now you're right. We enter bowl season and it's it's a time to test your restraint as a college football gambler, as well as your precision as a college football gambler. It's a whole new different challenge in this time of year. Yeah, bowl season, certainly an information game. Uh, and, and you know, you want to be on top of things. You want to be shopping like we always talk, but, you know, you want to make sure you're on top of information there. It's a lot like the NFL preseason, honestly, where the information edge is going to be almost as much, uh, almost as important, if not more important, than the uh, stats or the numbers or the angles edge there. Douglas, why don't you tell our listeners what we're going to do to try to combat that and uh, how we're going to schedule out bowl season so that they know what to expect and we know kind of how we're going to attack these bowl games this season in an absolutely perfect world we would hop on the air for 20 minutes before each bowl game and talk about it that way because that way we would have accurate information we would have precise information but that's not the way the world works we got to get the content out there and so to break things down into a manageable workload we're going to cover 10 or 11 games each week each Tuesday, live at 4 Eastern, we're going to work through the next 10 games and then 11 through 20 and the 30s and so forth. Uh, so this week, we're going to work through the Gasparilla Bowl. We're going to start, of course. Parker, you did open the show saying the regular season is over. There's one more game. One more game. You should know better than most people. There's one more game. Army-Navy this weekend. We will cover that and then work through the first 10 bowl games. And then next week, we'll work through 11 through 20. That's simple. It's we're going to miss some things because right before the Frisco bowl kicks off on December 21st, we're going to learn that UTSA is without this player and that player and this player and that player, where there's going to be no way to have known that that is the, the risk you take in bowl season. So we're going to try to be prudent as well as precise in a few picks. I know I have three this week. I know Parker has three this week. There might be a conflict within those. And so it's going to get interesting. It's going to, we're going to have some fun. Uh, interesting as fun is about all we can hope for here, but am excited to, uh, to get to some of these. Um, and, and so I think, uh, we, we should just dive in first. We should recap Douglas. I was two and two last week and you were three and one, I believe. Do I have uh, I was two and two. Cause uh, remember I played money line and spread on two underdogs. My uh, that's right. that's right. business. UTSA did not, but excuse me. Uh, it wasn't UTSA. It was New Mexico. It was State. Uh, New Mexico State. Yeah, but because Miami Ohio took care of business, I ended up uh, three eighths of a unit in the in the black. We'll take that, Parker. You went two and two, and it was effectively break even for you. So we'll take that. You know, if you if you look at our year long tracking, and I'm going to keep insisting I get half the credit for that Sam Houston State money line a few weeks ago. You are up four units on the year. I am up three point eight. I am coming for you, Parker Fleming. I'm going to get there. Maybe bowl seasons, bowl seasons, a crapshoot. We'll see. I'll take the, uh, I'll, I'll hang my regular season banner regardless of what happens, but hopefully I can outpace you here. Um, and, and moving forward, uh, there. Um, okay. So yeah, we've, we, we, let's do a little recap. I don't know that we need to rehash the entire injustice of the playoff and all that nonsense. Hey, we um, are here. here we are here se. for everybody in college football, not just the top five teams. 
Everybody knows yeah. what happened to Florida State, but we're also here to talk about New Mexico State and UTSA and Marshall. I don't really want to spend too much time swearing about Florida State, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think we'll move forward. Uh, can I start off? I think, Douglas, the question last week that we were talking about is, is uh, Miami, Ohio's defense good enough to muck things up? And good Lord, they were uh, very, very fun there. Miami, Ohio, giving us uh, helping uh, helping us get the Jason Candle game uh, out of Toledo there as Miami goes on with their backup quarterback uh, to to win the um Mac championship the there. Mac so championship. a lot of, a lot of fun from that game. Um, and a good call by you remind me, how does that help you with your futures? You had Miami winning the East. I did not. Right? I, I had, uh, I had Ohio. So, but I was able to make ah, okay. some money on that by betting Miami, Ohio money line was a very nice play. I think we have to give a, give a hat tip to Chuck Martin. He has made a program here that remains under the radar more than a max school of competency. And I'm being, I'm underselling it when I call it a max school of competency. It should, it should have more attention than it does. Chuck Martin has put together a, a real program there, put together an 11 and two season. When you lose a star quarterback, that's not supposed to be something you have the talent to do in the Mac and that defense, that special teams. I, I, I use this verb just because it's college football lexicon. They, they did the perfect Iowa. Miami of Ohio showed a, a platonic form of Iowa more than Iowa does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the whole goal. They finished the regular season 102nd in EPA per play on offense, 34th in EPA per play on defense. They get the MAC championship. They're bringing Gabbard back next year. They're going to have a lot of production. They're going to be a hot name in the MAC when we look at uh, futures for for next year. I think in terms of win totals as well, um, a, a lot of consistency. They had uh, they were second in net field position. Not just was the offense defense split. Hilarious. They were second in net field position uh, and able to take it to Toledo there. Um, another one. So speaking of good bets, let's talk about one that wasn't a good bet. Uh, boy, did UNLV just absolutely <laughs> collapse in the biggest of moments. Boise State rushed for 301 yards. And, uh, and, and it was just it was just over. It was just immediately over. I mean, they just absolutely smacked them in the mouth there. Um, still a great season for UNLV, but uh, just the physicality up front became uh, immediately apparent. Boise State fired their coach and won the conference such as life in college football. Sometimes you don't see that very often. I, if my memory serves, that was the window on Saturday where we had three games on that game went from TV two to TV four in very quick yeah. fashion. I, I put a, I forget which women's college basketball game on over it. Cause it was already that lopsided. I was like, all right, I'll just have it over there. If UNLV somehow figures it out, I'll notice there was no figuring it out. It just got worse and worse. It was, uh, it's a real letdown when you're getting a conference championship game at home. And that's, that's the performance you put forth. But yeah, some credit to Spencer Danielson. Uh, we'll touch on Boise state again later. Cause they're one of those first 10 bowl games. And then Parker, there is one other game. While we're not here to talk about just the top five teams in the country, you were right. Alabama, uh, the death of Nick Saban's program may have been greatly exaggerated. You were right. You can go ahead and clip that. You were right. Alabama got the thing done. Maybe a little bit of fumble luck there, but it doesn't matter. If you keep that close, you deserve that win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Alabama had a negative success rate and won the game. Georgia made some mistakes. It kind of felt to me – so, one, I, I mean, you've seen the clip of uh, Saban talking about their defensive adjustment after the first drive. Let's, and let's so real love that. Quick, that feeds into – Real quick summarize that. Oh. Uh, effectively, 
Alabama was worrying almost entirely about the run on the first drive, and that wasn't going to work out for it. And so Alabama said if, if Georgia wants to run it down our throats, they can. We believe in our defensive line. We're going to protect against the pass, and that changed the game. Yeah, absolutely. They, they said, you know what, we're going to defend uh, and not let this kid get hot. I do wonder if a little bit um, it wasn't the case that Georgia's kind of zombie mode throughout the season perhaps inhibited them being able to kick it into high gear when they absolutely needed to. Because they did. Um, outplay is such a big word in college football because there's so much variance. But they did play in such a way that, that they very easily could have won the game and they lost on the margins there. So It wasn't um, that they... I they didn't have to go from zero to 60. They had trouble going from 20 to 60. They got 20 to 40 and they couldn't get all the way up to 60. If you will. Just a little sleepy four of 12 on third downs. Um, but you know, 8.4 yards per pass was more than Alabama. Um, both, both rushing games just absolutely stifled by the other opposing defenses, but Georgia with the key turnover with the missed field goal and with five penalties to Alabama's three and just, again, super even super close game. And, uh, and Georgia could not pull away there. Nick Saban does remain, in fact, underrated. In my opinion, that's all we really need to talk about from championship weekend. It was, again, a weekend of football. The Oklahoma State dream was fun while it lasted. It ended exactly as we expected it to. And we understand everybody's frustration with Florida State. I know Parker probably agrees with me. We agree with the world, but we're here to talk about actual football games and not just the playoff because there are 133 teams in this league. Yeah, and uh, darn near eighty of them are going to be playing another game here uh, as we uh, as we more go than through. eighty. So when you we factor get... in Army Navy uh, on this weekend in the hey Parker, do you know where this? Do you happen to know where this football game might be played this year? Would you know? I I had to look at my flight. It's outside of Boston. I wasn't sure where it was going. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get from the airport to the stadium. Uh, we're just going to show up and hopefully it's going to happen. So, but I'm excited to go to this game. Uh, I've heard nothing but amazing things about this game. I've heard that you're supposed to, that the tailgates are great and there's going to be like big tanks and planes and helicopters um, out in the parking lot. And it's going to be awesome. I was there in, it was in the Meadowlands two years ago and I had not been to New Jersey since they legalized sports gambling. So I used that as an excuse and as a way to pay for the trip. And I, I think I told you on Twitter, bring a six pack and just walk around because you don't want to be stuck at one car because there are going to be pieces of the military. Whether you agree with the military infrastructure or not, it's still really remarkable to see this tank that you learn can shoot a, a missile 600 miles to the dot. And it's well, it might, it might not need to exist. It does. And it's an interesting thing to look at. Yeah, it's absolutely um, cool looking at the machinery. And uh, so really excited for that and excited for the pageantry of the game. I mean, I've watched it every year without without spoiling anything. My birthday is around this time of year, so it often lines up that I'm sitting and watching the game and enjoying nice takeout or having a nice dinner and watching. And that's part of my birthday celebration every year. So I'm excited to go and to uh, and to get to see it in person. I also think the weather's going to work out where it's going to be a little warmer than where I am. So that's always nice because that's traditionally a game that uh, <laughs> could be pretty dicey weather-wise, but that should work out. And we've got a, a really interesting matchup between two teams who I don't know that I would call them good, but uh, who, who both play styles of football that are similar and who both are similar in quality. So I have Army power rated as uh, 113th in the nation, Navy as 130th. Um, and Douglas, I'm going to have a play on this game, and it's not going to be the under, despite what I want to do here. 
Um, well, it's it's not the usual under anymore. For forever, it was this under because they both won the triple option and they know it so well that they're able to stop it. And Vegas had trouble adjusting to that. Now it's also an under, and I, I believe as of this moment, it's down to twenty-seven and a half. It's also this low because their offenses are bad, and yeah. it's it's looking at your numbers. We're we're talking hundred and fourteenth, hundred and thirtieth in the country on offense as well. It's it's not just that they're slow and time crunching offenses. It's that they're bad at it, and that's going to really create a the margins of this game. Maybe all that matter in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a couple stats uh, on Navy's defense, I think, in particular that really um, need to be contextualized and and kind of help you understand why I'm end- I'm going to end up taking Army here. So Navy thirtieth uh, in echo rate allowed, but 79th in points per echo allowed. So they're not giving you a lot of scoring opportunities, but gosh dang it, when you get them, you are scoring on those 3.61 points allowed there. Do note the the stat echo is in fact named for a Navy player uh, and represents the the, the drive that they Echo equals quality possessions. Echo equals scoring opportunities. And so the the differential there, I think, in finishing drives is really, really hurts them. Uh, another one that stands out, Navy is actually much better against the rush in the pass. They're uh, 101st in EPA per rush allowed. They're 125th in EPA per pass. But, Douglas, they are 22nd in rush rate over expected. Teams are passing 2.7 percentage points more often against Navy than an average team would given those situations. Uh, and so I think that that rush defense is actually much worse than the number. Teams have just not been rushing against Navy because when you're Facing one of the worst pass defenses in the FBS, why would you rush it if you can run your passing offense? And finally, another thing that stands out, Navy, 25th in third and fourth down success rate, 35.4% allowed on defense. But Douglas, do you know what they do on early downs? They let you do whatever you want. They're 83rd in EPA per play on early downs. So guess what kinds of third downs are the only kind of third downs they're facing? those third and longs because those easy manageable third downs do not exist when you play Navy because you normally get a first down. So I think this Navy defense is a little bit inflated by the number. I think this army offense can run consistently. They've gotten better as they've switched uh, back and kind of given up the, the modernization going into the season. We were told it was going to be almost a shotgun option. And what we've seen is a lot of shotgun option to start a game and then traditional option the rest of the way. Just giving it up, and uh, and and let me read you a number uh, overall grade, which again, broad 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 brushes here, but for PFF, uh, for for Army, the last five five games. Uh, let's start with the LSU one because that fits my narrative. Uh, 51.6, 66.3, 73.0, 72.6, 83.8 against Coastal Carolina. Uh, somebody is letting Army get a little bit hot here, uh, and I really think that uh, the, the way that they're running the ball uh, it has just been so much better the last couple of weeks. Uh, Bryson Daly, 4.4 yards per attempt, 2.6 yards after. He's got 21 uh, runs of 10 plus yards this season. So like the explosiveness on army there, I like their ability to create that, whether it's from the quarterback or the fullback position. And, uh, and I just think Navy's rush defense is a little bit inflated in the numbers here. I'm going to go with army. That's minus two and a half, uh, and minus one ten at Caesars. And Parker, the way you laid all that out, you added two thoughts for me. Uh, you mentioned Navy <clears throat> gives up explosive plays early. Army Army's offense is going to lead to a lot of third and twos. Army converts those at more than 40% of the time. Army converts those late downs far more often than most. And so they're going to be able to put together the echo, the quality drives against Navy. 
And then the other piece, Navy's offense is bad. And I, I don't I, nothing against Navy. It's offense is bad. And yes. Army's Army's uh echo defense, scoring opportunity defense is one of the best in the country. Navy's going to need to convert every scoring chance it gets. And that is just extremely unlikely against Army. Navy might get two scoring opportunities. And if they don't get 14 points, they lose this game. Yep, I think that's uh, I, I think that's extremely fair, and I think if you settle for field goals, you're going to lose this game. You 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 need you need the touchdown. So all that goes in my favor. I'll be there. I have an Army sweatshirt. I'm totally biased this weekend, but I'm going to be in on Army minus two and a half, minus one ten at Caesars. Uh, you enjoy that. It sounds like the birthday present to yourself is Army two and a half. If you go back in the show archives, my birthday was on a show day and I gave myself on air. I announced the birthday present to myself that nobody noticed and it cashed. So we're going to hope this one cashes for you too. But now we move on Love to it. bowl games a week ahead, December 16th. So next Saturday, we start out with the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Ohio and Georgia Southern. I believe Ohio is now down Rourke as, as Ethid, uh, Ethad, however you want to pronounce that, points out in our comments. A whole lot of quarterbacks are moving, and that's where bowl season is an information game. How much can you hold on to? Uh, Rourke leaving is part of the reason Ohio has fallen from a two-point favorite at open to now a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Yeah, a lot of a lot of movement there for Ohio. Not only that, uh, with Rourke, um, their leading attempts, uh, two leading rushers in Bangura and Allison, both in the transfer portal, and then uh, among receivers, um, their wide receiver Miles Cross, who I believe led in targets. I'm confirming that. No, second in targets with 79 and. Uh, <sighs> 1.9 yards per route run. So their their most productive receiver in uh, in Miles Cross will be gone as well. Ohio, this is this is one the numbers like Georgia Southern here, they're going to have more people. It's 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 also for me just entirely fading Ohio as we've seen their offense wasn't as good as we wanted it to be um and they are losing just a ton of guys for this bowl game who are opting out. Georgia Southern 62nd in uh, excuse me 98th in EPA per play margin, Ohio 62nd. But where Georgia Southern really struggles, they're 102nd on defense. Ohio's offense is 95th, and they're losing all these guys. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia Southern and the Eagles here as a, as a favorite uh, against uh, against Ohio. And I believe your number there is three and a half? Three and a half, minus 105 at BetMGM, although I believe that's wildly available. I know that because I shopped using a tool like BetStamp, Douglas, and uh, – it's a, it's a great tool. You can log in. You can sign up. You have an account. You see the entire board there. You can make your plays. You can link it to your accounts, and you can make the plays. So uh, a great tool there to sign in and bet stamp and help you be a sharper, better. Quite literally, there is a – do this wrong every time. There is a QR code right there if you want to sign up for the bet stamp app um, and, uh, and become a smarter, more well-informed, better. Although I can't, I can't imagine that uh, you guys are – watching this show and haven't already signed up for bet stamp. I just, that just doesn't exist to me. Uh, you know what Parker, so, everybody, sh every show is somebody's first. That's that's a, that's a podcast one one there. Come on now, but you beat me to the ad read. You love to see it only took until bowl season for you to beat me to the ad read. Our next just bowl thought game. Just thought I'd throw a, a throw curveball here. Hey, I'm all for it. Then we have the new Orleans bowl. 
Uh, that that first Saturday, let's see, one, two, three, four. I think there's six games that first Saturday, which is another again reason we're just taking these out chunk by chunk. Jacksonville State, Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, however you want to phrase it. I uh, I was real tempted to take Jacksonville State here. Uh, I might end up on it before kick. Opened at three and a half. Last I saw, it was down to three. That is partly a vibes play. Jacksonville State's first season in, up at this level gets the the luxury of a bowl game, a deserved luxury. Uh, part of bowl handicapping is motivation, which is a very difficult thing to do in general with 18 to 23 year olds, even more so around the holidays. But I can see Jacksonville State getting up for this a little bit more than the Raging Cajuns. Um, I, I can totally believe that. Uh, not not any significant opt out so far from these two teams, and uh, Louisiana a little under the radar. I think this this season relative to where they have been historically, but forty seventh in EPA per play on offense compared to Jacksonville State's thirty first. So a really good matchup here. One thing to watch: Louisiana does run the ball uh, a pretty good amount as well uh, as does Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State is one hundred thirtieth in rush rate over expected. They're rushing twelve point two percentage points more than the average team. Mm. Um, that is a lot, and they run very fast. And so the pace could get away from them with a team like Louisiana who might, you know, have a long drive, and then Jacksonville State runs a couple plays, and then Louisiana gets a long drive, and then that defense gets worn down. So that's what I'd be interested in is watching can can Louisiana dictate the pace. You might be live betting based on that one for sure. Uh, bowl game live betting is a tricky endeavor in life, something I scaled back this season to protect myself from myself. But bowl season is ripe with opportunities for it, especially as you learn – Huh, so-and-so hasn't shown up in the first drive, but he was never ruled out because some things just don't become publicly available as they should. Uh, one game we do already have a bounty of information on, the Cure Bowl down in Orlando, Appalachian State, Miami, Ohio. We already know Miami, Ohio is without Gabbert, as they have been for more than a month. Avion Smith has entered the transfer portal, which means Miami, Ohio is down to, I don't know if my notes here have the name of the quarterback. Oh, Henry Hessen, I believe. It's looking yes, tough for uh, Chuck Martin's squad at this point. The thing is, though, Appalachian State is bad against the run. Bottom 10 in the country in EPA per rush against, which is the reason I did not get myself onto this game as a show play. I was considering shopping using betstamp.app slash hit the books or hit the link in the description to become a sharper better, as Parker already mentioned. I was considering shopping for a neg five, but the fact that Appalachian State is that bad against the run scared me off a of play here. Yeah, I think that that certainly stands out to me. Um, I will point out that for Miami, even with the quarterback play they've had this year, Gage Lavarding, I mean, absolute dude, 3.49 yards per route run, 7.6 yards after ca uh, catch per reception, of average depth of target of 14.3. He's 51% in the slot, 47% out wide, absolutely utility guy. You love to see it there. He's really, really good. And, uh, and even though um, Miami doesn't, uh, have great quarterback play. I do think that he will present problematic matchups enough that they can try to find him, get him open a little bit. Uh, App State is 128th in EPA per rush, but Miami's 103rd. So can they get any of that pass game going? I think without the quarterback, uh, I don't know that it's a huge drop-off given the quality of play that we saw. Uh, Avian Smith, Smith was not gentleman. an aerial threat. No, um, he, he, uh, two, two touchdowns, 67.4 passing grade. Um, 
Uh, yeah, and and took sacks at 25% sack to pressure ratio. So uh, I'm not sure that it's a huge, huge change for Miami there. You just got to wonder what they have left in the tank after the MAC championship. Also, wasn't the case last year, but historically, fading MAC teams has been a profitable bowl strategy. And that is that that certainly makes sense. As much as you and I uh, more than most love the MAC, it's quality of football when it's up against other conferences can get exposed. But the way we are framing this game, boy, if this line climbs much further than five and a half, I believe it's five and a half across most of the board. I think it's to six and a half, maybe day of. There's public steam when they see, oh, Miami Ohio is on the third quarterback. I might jump on a Miami Ohio number just because we've seen what that defense and that special teams can like. Imagine if Iowa was a seven point underdog against anybody outside the top ten. You're going to take Iowa to cover those seven points. That's the that's the thought process. Um, Toledo's offense ranks higher than Appalachian State's in opponent adjusted EPA per play. Can I ask a, a question that's become a refrain? Is Miami's defense good enough to muck this up and get them to a win? You can see why I stayed off Appalachian State, and I'm now hoping this line continues to rise. Wait, it, isn't that on the? Hold on, I have to. I have to pull out the list. Isn't that on? Yes, I have a big note right here that says, "Don't let Douglas bet App State." That's on our. That's on our list from this year. It's an intervention. You don't have that on the back of a legal pad somewhere. Come on, you got it. You got to remember the old school things, Parker. I keep it at hand. This legal pad has Love one it. piece of paper left, but I still have it. Uh, speaking, speaking of comments before we hop to the next game, cover it five. Glad you're here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting the show. The one bet I did give out for SMU Tulane, the under cash. So thank you. Appreciate. Uh, I hope you're, I hope you're SMU Moneyline cash too. Great. Um, appreciate you being here, Douglas. Let's talk about the New Mexico bowl in Albuquerque, New Mexico state and Fresno state. Um, Fresno state with some issues, uh, Jeff Tedford, with some health concerns is stepping away, may not be there as, as head coach. Um, New Mexico state didn't necessarily have the juice to keep up with Liberty last week, a really, really great game, but that's Losing currently uh, what is a quarterback during the game does not help. And we don't really have, help. I don't think the market has any clue on Diego Pavio's availability. I, this line opened it. I heard three. they, they were, were optimistic. Main. Which, which, as we've seen in the last week in certain headlines, might just be a team saying quarterback nonsense because they saw what happens if you're honest about a quarterback injury. Hey, look, I got a playoff yeah. barb in. Uh, until we have more information on Diego Pavia, whether that's the market informing hard. us or New Mexico State informing us, I'm staying away from this entirely. Yeah, hard, hard, hard. Uh, I like this one, though, just because um, it, it suits up well for, like, uh, absolute – uh, nonsense. I want to know about Pavia before I know about it over, but uh, Fresno State 77th in defensive EPA per play, uh, New Mexico State 108th, and Fresno State 61st on offense, even accounting for some quarterback issues and, and some struggling there. Uh, New Mexico State uh, 44th on offense. So could get a little pointsy here uh, from two teams that, that really aren't, aren't stout on the defensive side of things. Not to mention, Douglas, do you know the elevation in Albuquerque? I I don't know the exact elevation, but I know it's much higher than people expect. Uh, it's, the, that's the answer. The answer is higher than you imagine. Like it's um, it's it's like borderline Rockies. It's not fourteen. It's thousands of feet. Thousands and thousands. It of is. Feet. It is I higher mean, than Denver. Seven places. or eight. It is. Eight? It is uh, sixty-seven hundred. Hey, okay, I did all right there. I'm going to take that as a win. Um. Yeah. So. 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 Yeah. I mean, it, it, the the altitude there is very sneaky. Uh, and so that certainly goes into Mexico State's favor as well, because there are many things you can say about Fresno 
high altitude is not one of literally them, so in the valley. <laughs> it's not a V on the helmet yes, or the valley. <laughs> so I want that one because I, um, yeah, so, so, so uh, I, I want, I'm, I'm interested in over there, uh, but maybe a little closer to game time, just as we see some information uh, about Pavia refreshing Twitter a bunch and seeing if we can lock that in. Uh, speaking of being in the Valley, not being high elevation, the LA Bowl, uh, the formerly the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, uh, <laughs> is, is one, Douglas, that we're going to disagree pretty substantially on. I don't think we've had beer bets. Uh, and for the record, I believe we end the season two and two on beer bets at the moment. I didn't, I didn't tally up our playoff results. I will do that before next week's show. I did I not was gonna say, I think, I, I think those that. go in my favor. I did not check that. Uh, for the moment we are two and two. This is not a beer bet. This is, I don't know how producer Jacob blood, will blood log feud. this. I don't know how this will go on our bet stamp profile. Uh, once again, you can follow all our plays on betstamp.app. Just search for Never Punt, Never Parlay. It might be NPNP. Uh, we are going to go on different sides on this, and I will I will turn the floor over to you, Parker. You go ahead and try to talk me out of, of my position. Okay. Well, one, UCLA's offense is terrible. It's just very – it's very bad. Um, they – for as good as their defense is, which is number one, an opponent adjusted EPA per play, their offense is that bad. I think that they've been able to get into some rock fights, um, but, uh, you know, Dante Moore is transferring and they might be losing a little bit of M- MO. Um, and Boise sits in a really good spot where they're, they've got a couple guys who are staying. They've got, you know, their coach promoted up and they've got him for the future. They've gotten the continuity. They're riding high here. Their offense is up to 53rd in EPA per play, 15th in offensive success rate, 46th in EPA per rush. Uh, and one thing that I think will bode really, really well against UCLA is they're super balanced. They're 19th in early downs EPA, 19th in third and fourth down success. Uh, UCLA is first in early downs EPA, but 29th in third and fourth down success allowed. Um, the other side of the ball, Boise State does a great job at preventing quality possessions. They have a little bit of a, a problem with finishing those quality possessions, 76th in points per echo, but UCLA's offense is 3.30. That's 93rd in points per quality possession. So uh, that kind of matches up well where Boise struggles on defense. They get some slack from UCLA. So I, I think this game's a little closer um, than it looks like. Uh, I think Boise has some good vibes riding into the offseason. And I think that Boise's offense uh, can, can do enough to stay ahead of a UCLA offense that really can't do much at all. I uh, okay. So for the record, Parker's official show play is Boise State plus three minus one ten. Yes. Uh, last I saw, that was available at Caesars and Fanduel. Oh, uh, Producer Jacob also says it's available at Bet Rivers. Um, Why that is available? Parker's of official show play, and I am taking the other side. I am on UCLA by the field goal. I think as long as you have Ethan Garbers and Carson Steele, they all I, I have UCLA neg two and a half. Praise up to, to producer Jacob for taking care of me there. So now I can win and Parker can push if UCLA just wins by three. I think as long as you have Ethan Garbers and Carson Steele, this offense will do enough. I think Chip Kelly is about to go on one, having seemingly saved his job in the last few weeks. I think the next 12 months, Chip Kelly is going to be entertaining and on something. And that will begin here. Because if, if they lose this game, Chip Kelly could still get fired. That is a very, very true reality out in Los Angeles. And then my other piece here is, again, 
handicapping bowl season is different. Let's just, it's not as much numbers based as much as we wish it was. It is information and motivation. Could Boise State's motivation falter a little bit now that the interim coach, Spencer Danielson, is the full-time coach, Spencer Danielson? If so, that Ooh. furthers my thought here. My last maybe, piece. Maybe which, they're full. Maybe they're full. They're not hungry anymore because they've they got the championship. He's got the job. That's a quick turnaround on the complacency timeline. I'm not gonna lie. I don't I don't hate it. I understand the, the question. That's a quick turnaround on the that's that's senior spring immediately happening right there. Well, that's that's how senioritis works, Parker. You get back from Christmas break. It's like, <laughs> hey, we're done. We're done. Uh the the piece here is is I uh, I also want to add, as much as handicapping in college and bull season is different, I noticed that this number, this total fell from 52.5 to 50. And to me, that speaks to UCLA's defense more than anything on Boise State. To me, that is the early action, the presumably sharp action, siding with Chip Kelly's defense. And I'm willing to ride with that as well. That is where I'm at. Uh, the show wins if we get UCLA by exactly three. Uh, by the show wins, I also mean I win and Parker loses. This is not a beer bet. As I pointed out earlier, Parker is ahead of me by 0.2 units on the season, and right here is how I take a significant leap. So a significant leap, uh, leap backwards is, uh, is what I'm hearing you say there. Nope. <laughs> nope, I've got this. I've got this locked up. One game we are not touching is the Independence Bowl down in Shreveport. Uh, Texas Tech and Cal, I thought about the under, but the total jumped from 56.5 to 58, and that was enough to scare me off. Uh, I very much thought about the under here. Texas Tech's offense is losing a lot, at least four starters, I believe, including a wide receiver emphasis. And that is one thing to look out for in these bowl season games. If you lose a wide receiver and a running back and a left tackle, that's not as big a deal as if you lose four wide receivers because that is where the room is now empty. Anytime it's a, a position group as a whole, Notre Dame's receivers room as an exodus will influence that game more than any other defections Notre Dame has this following week, as an example. And then you add in that Cal is down to freshman quarterback Fernando Mendoza. He has played in eight games, but this offense has been what it's been all year. I think you've got them in triple digits uh, in EPA on offense, and that's where I'm I, I'm out on this game. I thought about the under. I got scared off. Okay, one, you say you say Francisco Mendoza like it's a bad thing. Fernando for, Mendoza, uh, if I said Francisco. Fernando. Frick! Fernando, um, uh, I was trying to type in and pull up my preview while I said that. I apologize to the Mendoza family. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I have them at uh, – Cal's defense has been great. I mean, Will Coxian, right? Like exactly what you want out of the 22nd EPA per play. But uh, 50, 54th in offensive EPA per play. They've been spicy with that. I actually have this game going over by quite a bit. Now, that that is not account for Texas Tech being out. Uh, some of their starters there and, and all that. But um, yeah, this, this, this should be interesting. Uh, Cal also without offensive coordinator, Jake Spavadol, who uh, took the job at Baylor a, as well. So th th this Same one's job. hard because um, yeah, I, I, so I do have, um, I do have an over here. I have Texas tech by two, but it's really hard with, with the opt-outs to really feel confident about that per se. So staying away, especially, I mean, Maybe the uh, maybe the total falls and you you, you can get under uh, that fifty five and then you're 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 thinking you're on the the, the right side by going over. But yeah, I, I think with with what we're expecting to see on the Texas Tech offensive side of things and with Cal perhaps not being as as tight, hard to imagine there's going to be as many points there. Uh, but again, this is an information game, and some some delay in placing bets is sometimes the best action. It's 
College football bowls, I just want to keep reiterating that for anybody who's not sure. Exercise caution in bowl season. Uh, one game I'm not going to exercise caution in, formerly known as the Bahamas Bowl, will once again be known as the Bahamas Bowl once construction on a football stadium is done in the Bahamas. But for this year, is known as the famous Toastery Bowl. Uh, I believe it's a breakfast restaurant, which good for them. Uh, West Kentucky and Old Dominion. West Kentucky is down a lot of its offensive line. And this line moved from a pick em. Yes, producer Jacob, famous toastery does sound does sound tasty. <laughs> Western Kentucky moved from a pick em to a two-and-a-half-point underdog, I presume, as a reaction to losing, I think it's up to three offensive line starters to the portal. But here's the thing. Old Dominion doesn't create defensive pressure. Looking at the old Parker Fleming stats, Old Dominion has the second-lowest pressure rate in the country, only better than Army. It has the third-lowest sack rate in the country, only better than Brigham Young and Boston College. If there's anybody to play when you're down offensive linemen, it is Old Dominion. So I'm going to say the market overreacted. I'm going to take the value, and the value is the money line. West Kentucky plus 115 at BetMGM. Call me greedy. I think I'm making a savvy play there. The spread is two and a half. I'm just going straight money line. I, I like this, especially if Malachi Corley is going to play at all. I think that if you can't affect Austin Reed here, he's going to absolutely torch you. Old Dominion's defense is fine. 60th in EPA per play, but Douglas 39th in EPA per rush, 102nd in EPA per pass. That is a bad recipe against a team who passes 10 percentage points more than the average team. So I can, I can totally see this one. Uh, it It's... Maybe I'm being greedy by going to the money line, but I'm happy to risk that. It's it's how I like to live. I think you know that by now. And then we move on, and I'm, I'm going back-to-back money lines here now that I look at the sheet. Then we go to the Boca Raton Bowl. Syracuse is up to a three-and-a-half-point favorite against South Florida. And my entire handicap, I'm going to read off my own note sheet here, all caps, motivation play entirely in all regards, my God almighty. So I will take South Florida at plus 145 at DraftKings. Syracuse is down as head coach. It's down I don't know how many players from during the season, let alone how many players might depart in the next two weeks. And South Florida is getting its first bowl game in how long? And it's in the state of Florida. Give me the Bulls money line. I don't see how they lose this game given the motivation aspects of play. I think that's fair and and, and certainly is not a rec- referendum on um Syracuse going forward I think Fran Brown is is building a very interesting staff at at Syracuse and bringing in some guys who can really really recruit um one one thing that I'm a little bit worried about with USF this year is that their their defense it's not great uh it hasn't been great um and and specifically if if Schrader's playing for Syracuse uh I I think his dual threat ability which isn't amazing but it's still substantial enough to give them a little bit of trouble. They're 108 in EPA per pass, 107 in EPA per rush. That would be my only qualm in going with South Florida because I agree, uh, e- even if I like Syracuse long-term with the vibes that they're building, I do agree that um, that that the USF motivation is certainly higher and Alex Golesh is, is building things up for sure. You aren't going to scare me off a play when the worry is the Syracuse offense. They went full That's wildcat fair. option for portions of this season because their offense was so lackluster. Sure, some of that was injuries, but you can't convince me that's all going to be better. And this game being just December 18th probably helps my cause. If this was December 28th, they'd have more time to build up something, but they're going to run most of what they've been running, and that's not good enough. I think that's I think that's totally fair. And, and the big issue is like the – reason Dino Babers got dismissed is like they ran out of gas at the end of every year. 
they ran out of gas again this year. That depth is not going to change overnight. Like there's nothing you can do about that right now. So uh, certainly, certainly okay to fade Qs in that situation. Let's go. Um, let's go down to Frisco. Uh, I guess from Boca Raton, we might even be going up to Frisco if you're looking at a map per se. But uh, UTSA and Marshall, UTSA quite literally fumbled away their shot at an American Athletic Conference title against Tulane. Positive yardage, minus four turnovers, absolute disaster there. But thanks, they are thanks minus for the reminder. Nine. They are minus nine uh, against Marsha. Hey, I had the uh, I had the over. All right, so that killed me there. Um, nine and a half, I think we're seeing for UTSA. That's moved a little bit. Uh, although there's a nine hanging out there at good old trusty Bet Rivers as well. Douglas, what do you what do you make of this game? Marshall has been a weird team to figure out this year. I am not on this game at the moment. Part of that is maybe some skepticism that UTSA's roster is going to remain as intact as it has thus far. I don't know anything. It's just understanding college football in 2023. That said, if if things hold and we get to December 21st and, and things are as they are, I'd be interested in UTSA up to 10 points. UTSA is distinctly better than Marshall. If UTSA doesn't fumble away its chance in an ACC title – UTSA is in a far more impressive bowl. It's it's like it's far better considered. And this is that same team. It's just the fumble luck and sloppiness went against them that day. It was very unfortunate. But remove that and you realize this is still Frank Harris and Frank Tra- and and uh Jeff Trailer. This is something to enjoy. Anything up to 10 will have my attention. I'm just staying off it for now out of caution. Uh, yeah, I think that's completely um, valid. One one stat real quick about Frank Harris, just because it's so absurd. Um, he had he's had four turnover worthy plays in his last two games. So that two lane game, ten point six. Uh, excuse me, four point one percent, four point one percent in in both of those last two games did get a little sloppy there. Their best games this season were the ones where he just avoided the turnover worthy plays and uh, really, really hard. You know, he's very, very high vol- volatility. If any of those supporting cast move out, I- I'd be a little bit worried about this. But yeah, I think, I think UTSA is certainly the better team here. I've got this more close, closer to like four and a half, five. Uh, but I think that's just because the offenses are both so bad. UTSA 78th, Marshall 120th, that I'm just not expecting a lot of points here. And uh, a, a fact, I did this math out by hand a few times. Your numbers never quite caught, never quite washed out the Frank Harris was injured effect to start the year. No, uh, no, no, that's fair. If you if you take the UTSA for the last two months, those numbers are far better when Frank Harris's turf toe was a real problem. And I was able to do those numbers. I think it might have been the Tulane game or the week before. I did those by hand. And I, was, I played them a first half line. I forget against two. But if you remember that cashed easily because I was I was pointing it was South yeah. Florida. It was it was against South Florida as I think about it. Uh, but that's that's where the nine and a half might be truer than your four or your four and a half, just baking in an emphasis on the last two months of Frank Harris. Yeah, absolutely, totally, totally fair there. Um, Douglas, can I interest you? <laughs> No, in in a, in a black and gold matchup for the ages. So I was a little bit confused here. They they announced this was going to be UCF Duke, right? Um, in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. So if the ACC wasn't having a bad enough Sunday, it then made itself a joke. Like, yeah, who's, yeah like, we understand in charge right the now? day went against you. We know at, at, at noon fifteen you had a bad day, and then you just you went to the bar all afternoon and realized, oh shoot. The term papers due tonight. I got to go home and write. Uh, so the ACC announced, let's see here if I have this right, uh, Duke for the Gasparilla Bowl and Georgia Tech for the Birmingham Bowl. 
and then later came back and flipped those to avoid a rematch of UCF Duke last year played in the military bowl. Duke won 30 to 13 to jog some memories. So they flipped this to avoid that rematch hours later. (laughs) I want, I want to know what those conversations, Hey, I guess bowl real quick. How, how much Duke merchandise have you already? Uh, we can, can we send Georgia Tech there instead? Just no big, no big deal. We messed up. Not anyway. It's Central Florida, Georgia Tech on December 22nd in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. This is disappointing because I was actually pretty excited to see <laughs> uh, Georgia Tech's offense against Troy's defense. That's that's the real commitment. Okay. We talk about hey, there's 133 teams. We want to cover everywhere. I like legitimately am a little bit heartbroken. We're not getting Georgia Tech Troy. I was kind of psyched for that matchup. Let me pull up Georgia Tech UCF here. Frick. <sighs> All right, we're never putting up a parlay. We'd rather talk about bowl games that were preemptively canceled. <laughs> okay, this is fun though. This is still fun because Georgia Tech 23rd on offense, 104th on defense. UCF. 21st on offense, 75th on defense. Can I interest you in a bowl game over? Uh, the line is 64. There's no way. I have to, you have to vamp for me. I have to pull up my preview here because uh, I haven't calculated. The vamp it I is, we it. mentioned live betting earlier. Protect yourself when you're live betting. Don't, don't chase, don't tilt. But this could be a game where you see it's 21-14 in the first quarter. And the Vegas numbers, the, the live betting algorithms can't figure that out. And you can just hit those totals. That is, go, that go is over my beforehand. I have this at 69 and a half points. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna make a quick note. UCF, who are they playing? Georgia uh, Tech over producer, producer Jacob. Can I can I do this to you again? I can I can I get an over on 64 on bet stamp right now? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to pull that up to see what what the what the odd would be odds would be for that. Yeah, can I have can I have that over 64 minus 110 for this game? We're, we're doing it live. It. You love We are doing it. it live. And there you have there it. Folks, that's, unit. You see yeah. how wonderful Bet Stamp is? I don't know how uh, maybe only once or twice we've really shown the utility of Bet Stamp. Do you see how quickly Parker went from thought to execution? In that process, he was able to shop and know exactly what book to go to. This is why we keep saying betstamp.app doesn't only help you as a better, it saves you time. And in this instance, you're getting the better line that much quicker. I, I cannot encourage enough. This is a great live demo. Betstamp.app slash hit the books. Should be a link in the description, Perfect. the show description, the comments, or scan the QR code to get quicker access to these books. Again, sometimes it's an information game. Sometimes it's a, a self-restraint game. Sometimes you got to be quick on the draw. That QR code will help you be quick on the draw, and Betstamp.app slash will help you be quick on the draw. This is where we that are. That wasn't even scripted. That was no. our best ad read of the season, and it wasn't even scripted. I want a bet stamp T-shirt. Uh, let me tell you about this. Uh, let me tell you about this handicap real Producer quick. Producer Jacob, though, if I you get a bet stamp T-shirt, I better get a bet stamp T-shirt. <laughs> I, uh, our, uh, our boss has my address. I think um, I, I want to. I want to talk about this one because it is legitimately good. I just wanted to act while it was still there and just make sure we we're getting it. So um, UCF 63rd in points per echo allowed on defense. Georgia Tech 89th in points per echo allowed on defense. Both offenses are top 25 there, and there's a couple mismatches that really, really work. Georgia Tech 25th in EPA per rush. UCF 79th on defense. On the other side of the ball, UCF is fifth in EPA per rush. RJ Harvey, that's a name. And Georgia Tech's defense is 113th. I bet we get a bunch of explosive rushes. I bet we get some pass games when the defenses creep up. I, I love an over here. I think that's that's too low. We'll we'll we'll, we'll lock that one in. I, I appreciate producer Jacob for uh, humoring me there on the fly. 
And if my logic is correct, the 22nd is a Friday night. So, folks, basically what we're saying is if you aren't sure how to spend your Friday night on December 22nd, get this game on. It's going to be entertaining. And Parker may have just paid for your bar tab. Uh, it's that simple. That is what we are here to I'm, do for you at Never Punt, Never Parlor. I'm going to drink three beers and root for an over in UCF Georgia Tech on Friday night before Christmas. Love that. Absolutely. Douglas, that is our last bowl game we're getting here. And look at that 48 minutes right on the dot, exactly where we want to be there. So let's quickly recap our plays. I'll let you go first, and then we will get out of here uh, and be back next week for some more bowl action. We will be back next week. I, I will pull that up real quick just to give folks that tease. We will be going through the guaranteed rate bowl next week, uh, some of the December 26th action. But my three plays this week were the the UCLA to win by two and a half or more in the LA Bowl sponsored by Grok, Gronk because Parker's wrong and I'm right. And then I have the Western Kentucky money line over Old Dominion plus 115. I believe that was bet MGM and South Florida over Syracuse. Give me the money line. Get me get greedy plus 145 at DraftKings. That is a motivation play entirely. And sometimes if you're going to be the best duo out there to quote dusk, you need to make plays that are based on numbers. And sometimes you need to make plays that are based on motivation. I uh, I like it a whole lot. Douglas, I've consulted the spirits. I'm going to go Army minus two and a half. That's minus 110, widely available. Um, Georgia Southern minus three and a half, talking about a motivation play against Ohio, who's lost a lot to the portal. Uh, that's minus three and a half. That's minus 110, widely available. And then Boise State plus three, going against you there, minus 10, 110 uh, at Caesars. Time will indeed tell about that and then lastly we did it live georgia tech ucf over 64 that's minus 110 as well we got it in live making the tag you love to see it those are our plays for this week douglas very fun bowl show i'm glad we're here i'm glad we're doing it douglas we're going to be back next week like you said we're going to cover uh birmingham through guaranteed rate so i will get to talk about troy's defense next week uh, but until then, if there's nothing else, uh, I'm Parker Fleming. That's Douglas Farmer. This has been Never Punt, Comma, Never Parlay. We'll see you next week.